You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mzbcstudents. You guys know most of you, well, probably everyone in the room, whether you've gone to church much at all or not, you've heard the Christmas story, right? So a part of that story is you have the shepherds out watching their sheep, right? So they're out in the fields or on the mountain or whatever it is, uh, and they're watching their sheep. So they're hanging out. It's nighttime, so the, sh- the sheep are all huddled up. Uh, there's probably like a campfire going. Uh, they're probably telling fart jokes and stuff. I mean, like they're just chilling. It's evening, so it's just kind of rest time, relax. Watch. That was supposed to kind of be a joke within a joke, and everybody was just like, hmm. come on, man. Come on. Acknowledge when I tell a joke. Come on. All right. All right. Anyway, so there, there they are, um, just hanging out, relaxing, maxing, chilling out, playing some b-ball outside of the school, right? So they're there, hanging out, watching their sheep, and then all of a sudden, it, out of this, like, pitch black darkness, the sky explodes. A nuclear bomb goes off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the sky explodes. It says, uh, it says this angel... All of a sudden, this angel of the Lord just appears, right? The sky, like, lights up, and this angel appears before them. And, like, a lot of times in the Bible, I, don't, I can't think of a single occurrence at the moment, actually. Like, when an angel, like, just shows up, one, when anything just kind of shows up out of darkness, pretty much going to be afraid, right? Here's a little, uh, a little secret about JJ. I'm afraid of the dark, right? It's not so much the dark. It's, like, the potential things in the dark, right? Like... I don't know what demon's out there trying to get me, man. I don't know, right? And so, like, even, even in my own house, this isn't even, like, part of my planned sermon, right? This is just always the ramblings of, of JJ. So, like, even in my own house, like, if I have to walk from one end to the other, like, by the time I get halfway through, I feel like something's behind me, and I'm like, <laughs> and I, like, finish and, like, get to where I'm going and, like, close the door behind me even though it doesn't matter, right? Um, so, anyway, so these guys are sitting in the dark, and this, this angel, like, shows up with all this, like, brightness and beautiful like craziness and the first thing the angel says and and this is where i was going like most of the time when angels show up like the first thing they say is don't be afraid right don't be afraid because everybody freaks out i mean if an angel like popped up in front of you i don't care how beautiful the thing is like all of a sudden just like something's in front of you that's like glorious right you're like oh gosh right you're gonna be afraid i'd probably poop a little it'd be all right it would just it'd be a thing right? Or I would run, uh, and there might be a trail behind me, right? So like, um, huh? Huh? Anyway, uh, so the, the angel says, he says, hey, don't be afraid. And this is where it gets cool. He says, the Savior has come, right? So there's been this 400-year silence the last time that, that anyone has heard anything from God, and then this angel shows up and tells these shepherds on the side of this mountain who were just chilling, watching their sheep in the dark, hey, the Savior has come. These are not Pharisees. These are not like the religious uh, like people who know everything, right? They're, so they're, but they're still expecting a Messiah. So everybody from the Pharisee who knows everything there is to know about the law and, and what God has set up to this point, out to the shepherd who spends like his time with animals all the time, all of them knew that God had promised to send a Messiah, to send a Savior, right? And so this angel shows up and says, hey, don't be afraid. The Savior has come. He goes on and says, he's in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David. 
And, and this is how you'll find them. There's, the signs are this. Be a baby, and I'm sure they're like, Right? And so uh, say, he's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. So he's like swaddled up, right? In a manger. Right? And remember, the manger is not like the barn. A manger is the little feeding trough that Jesus is in. Um, and so the, he tell, they, the angel tells the shepherds this. And then it gets even crazier, right? Then it says, like, this host of angels, like, all of a sudden appear, like, behind this angel. And they just all start singing. <laughs> How crazy would that be? Like, all of a sudden, there's like this one angel, and he's like freaking you out, and he's talking about some baby in some feeding trough or something, and then like all these other angels show up, and they just start singing, and you're just like losing it. I'm like, what is happening, right? Uh, and so, so they're singing, glory to God, and in the highest, um, peace on earth, uh, goodwill to men, right? That's, that's, that's the phrase, and that's where that comes from, the song, all that, the carol, and all that jazz, right? Um, and then, and then they, the angels go away. And the shepherds say, that was cool. Sit back down and kind of just start. No, I'm just kidding. They like, they're like, well, crap. I mean, the Messiah is here, and these angels just told us how to find him. Let's go find him. And so they like run into, like they hurry up, and they like run into uh, Bethlehem. It doesn't tell us like what the process was. It was just like they decided to go, and they were there, right? And I'm, I assume, just because they're normal human beings, they had to like hunt through the city, right? They're like digging around in Bethlehem, like going to every barn they can think of. Yes. What they do with their sheep? They just left them there, man. Just left them there. As far as, I mean, that, that's not a detail we know or that really matters. I don't know, but that's a good question. I don't know. I assume God knows what he's doing, so they probably just left him, and God, the ultimate shepherd, watched him. It was cool. Anyway, huh? He's like, what I did there? Anyway, so they're like running around Bethlehem. They finally find this baby in a barn, because that's like not a normal thing, right? Even in this day and age, when they're like way more primitive than we are, it wasn't like a normal thing that a baby's hanging out in like a feeding trough in a barn, right? It's just, even then they knew, hey, probably shouldn't put a baby where we feed our animals. So it's not a normal thing. They show up. And uh, so here we are. You're in Luke, right? We'll jump in the story here when they show up. Two, chapter two. And what I was just talking about was eight up to 16. So here I'm going to start in at 16. And they went with haste and found Mary. So it was like, and they ran, and then they found him, right? Uh, that's, that's the cool part about the Bible. They, all those details don't matter. But I like to imagine they're like hunting around Bethlehem, like looking in barns and stuff. Anyway, so they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, that's Jesus, they saw him, uh, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it uh, wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, uh, glorifying and praising God for all they had uh, heard and seen as they had been told. Uh, and so obvious from this, there's more, than, there's more than just Mary and Joseph in this scene, right? And so they come and they, they tell this story of like, hey, these angels showed up. It was crazy. Like it was dark out. These angels showed up. They told us that the Messiah came and how to find him. And here we are. We found him. This guy this baby is the savior of the world. Like he's coming to rescue us. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's a good. I'm like, well, all right. Uh, obviously, didn't he didn't do too much about it. But uh, wait, I sent the Messiah to the barn. Hmm. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of like sub stories you could kind of imagine uh, in all of that. But it's this, it's this time of excitement, right? And I mean like, it's the bare necessities. Uh, anyway, all right, so batteries back installed in the microphone. Those on the recording, what happened was the battery died. And uh, now I'm back. All right, so the shepherds start, they start telling people, what they saw and what they heard and that the Messiah had come. And so basically they start telling everybody they can, hey, the Savior is here, the long-awaited Messiah, the one that we've waited centuries for. So it's been 400 years since they've heard from God, but God had promised the coming of a Messiah even centuries before that. So it's been a long time that these people have been waiting for the Savior to come, right? And so they start telling people, they glorify God, and then they go back, they go back to their sheep, right? Because... Somebody's got to take care of the sheep. So they go back to that. But the interesting thing here, um, just like the shepherds, whenever Jesus shows up and changes things, it changes our lives, we should tell others, right? I mean, that's, that's one of the last things that Jesus said on earth. And whenever, so whenever we encounter Jesus, whenever he shows up and changes our lives, we should tell others. We should want to tell others. Right? The shepherds were excited. One, because they'd just seen some really cool stuff with some angels like singing at them and stuff. But other than that, like also, the Savior of the world had come. There was this good news, this, excite, this excitement. There, they, there was this desire to spread the good news. You know, there's, um, there's some similarities uh, between the toilet paper uh, snowball fight that we had earlier. And this, and this concept of, of uh, telling people about Jesus, right? This concept of as Christians, whenever you encounter Jesus, you should tell, you should tell others about him. I'm going to start this way. So I have three things uh, that, uh, that will make you a bad toilet paper snowball fighter, right? So if you were in the toilet paper snowball fight, some of you walked in late and were like, what is happening? Uh, why are people throwing toilet paper everywhere? Um, but here, here are three things that make you bad at that. And I saw all of this on display earlier. I won't point anyone out, most likely. Um, so the first thing that, makes, that, that would make you bad at toilet paper snowball fighting uh, is that you never pick up toilet paper. You, you never even picked up anything. There were lots of you in the back who were just like, what? I don't, I don't know what's happening. I need my mom. Uh, right? Like... You just never even get in the fight to begin with. You, just, you never pick up the toilet paper to even begin to throw it. You just never even actually play. You're standing in the game, but you're not really playing. In the same way, a lot of us Christians, we believe in Jesus, and we have this faith that he is who he says he is, but we never actually get in the game. We never actually pick up that faith and run with it. We never actually pick up that faith and do what we're, to, what we're told to do, which is to go tell people about Jesus. We never even pick up the snowball, right? So that's, that's one thing that will make you bad at toilet paper snowball fighting. And then also, you're really not being the Christian that you're called to be, the person that Jesus saved you to be, which is someone who is in the game, who's an active participant in this thing called life, which is, and, and you're spreading the gospel, uh, telling people about Jesus. Uh, and then there were some, some other people so another thing that makes you bad at toilet paper snowball fighting, say that ten times, I don't really because you all do it and it'll annoy me, um, is that you don't ever actually like throw 
the toilet paper, like a bunch of you would like would hold one and you were just like holding it because like that's what you thought you needed to do, but you were just like, I don't, what, what's, what's happening? And then like some of you were like kind of smart, but still not how the game's supposed to be played. We're like just holding a bunch of them so you could like block and use it as a shield. Spencer, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a smart plan. I was, I was actually like, smart dude. However, that's not how you're actually good at the game. That's not how you actually win the game. That's just how you eventually die um, because that's what happened because then the referee like changes the rules and it's like, oh, you can't hold them anymore. And then you're like, oh, darn it. So, so when you're bad at that game, one of the things that's bad about that game is if you never actually throw the toilet paper, you never actually like stand up and like throw the snowball. In the same way with our faith, we never actually tell people about Jesus. Not, not only are we, are we not really in the game, you might, you might be in the game a little bit. You might go to church. You might read your Bible and know a lot about the Bible and and, and you learn a lot in here in Greenhouse and, and on Sundays if you come in small groups and stuff. But you never actually throw the ball. You never actually tell anyone about Jesus. I'm afraid that there's more in the room than I would really like to believe. But I think a lot of times, and I've been around this long enough uh, to know, and I was a teenager long enough to know, that a lot of times it's like, man, church is cool. My friends at church are cool. I like to hang out with them. They're cool people. But then, like, my friends at school, like, they're cool, they're cool too. They don't really go to church, uh, but they're, like, separate groups, right? There might be a couple of crossovers. There might be some people who are doing both. But for the most part, they're kind of different. And you're, and you're going, I don't really want to tell my friends at school about church, but I kind of do. Uh, but I don't want them to, like, think I'm weird. I don't, want think, they don't, I don't want them to think I'm, like, one of those weird Christian people. You are, sorry. Um, uh, or... Uh, in, in this day and age, one of the fears is, well, they might just stop being my friend, right? If I tell them, that, like, invite them to church or tell them that I believe in Jesus, they might just not be my friend anymore. But what's worse? Having the greatest news ever and not sharing that news or sharing the news and then somebody not being your friend anymore. Which one's worse? Don't answer out loud. Because the answer is not sharing the greatest news ever. And this greatest news ever is that there is a Savior who is waiting for you to give your life to him so that you can be eternally rescued, that you can receive salvation and live eternally with him in relationship with him the way we're created to be instead of eternally in death and hell. We allow um, things to be excuses for us to never actually like participate in the game. We're standing there, we're holding, we're holding on to the snowball, but we don't ever actually throw it. We go to church, we read our Bible, but we don't ever actually share our faith. We don't ever actually tell people that we believe in Jesus. So the third thing uh, that uh, makes people bad at uh, toilet paper snowball fighting is, uh, is running around like a crazy person. There were a few of you guys you were like, you were just like, ah, and you're like chunking stuff, but you're not like really paying attention. You're just like throwing things around and like freaking out and like, ah, 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 right? You're just like freaking out, um, running around like a crazy person. In the Christian world, there are people like that too. And it's, it's this, <laughs> I don't know, like when people go crazy, they go full crazy, right? Um, how many of you guys, you can just raise your hand, you don't have to say words, right? How many of you guys have ever like really encountered, not like heard of, but like actually encountered uh, like a guy who's like standing on the street corner, like with a sign yelling at people, like telling them they're going to hell, right? 
Yeah, yeah. These, these are the types of Christians we don't, we don't want to be, right? And I, I'm not a judge of the heart. Jesus is the judge of heart. So I'm not even going to like say, those are terrible people. I'm just going to say their approach to telling people about Jesus is wrong, right? So I don't think any of you are necessarily in danger of this, but I just want you to know, like, as Christians, we want our message. So this message, this good news, this gospel, that there is this man who died to take our sins. Yes, we are sinners. People don't want to hear that, right? If you're, if you're not a Christian, even if you're a Christian, you don't, you don't necessarily want to hear, hey, you're a terrible human being and you need someone to come in and rescue you. Like, what? Excuse me. That's sort of offensive, right? That's not just sort of. That's really offensive. But we want that message to be what offends people, not our delivery of that method. I don't care what you're telling me. Like, you can be telling me that there's like a 50% off sale at I don't know, Cabela's or something, but if you're yelling at me about it, like m- making me feel like a lesser human being over this sale, I don't care, right? So no matter what you're telling me, if you're screaming at me through a, bull, a bullhorn or a sign that tells me I'm a terrible person, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You guys agree with that? So the approach that we take in sharing our faith, if you ever actually like get in the game and actually start throwing the ball snowball, if you will, uh, and like telling people about Jesus, the approach we take has to be calculated. We can't just run around uh, like crazy people or chickens with our heads cut off. That's really cool. It's really fun to watch. Anyway, um, but it's not, shh, don't get sidetracked by that. That was my fault. Um, listen, so we have to be calculated just like in, in, the, in the snowball fight, right? If you're going to actually hit somebody, you've got to, like, be focused, and you've got to, like, try to intentionally, like, time the throw and throw it right to hit somebody, right? Like, occasionally you might, like, just crazily chunk some snowballs up in the air and hit somebody, but generally, if you're going to actually be good at something like that, you've got to pay attention and, and have a strategy and, and, like, try, right? The same goes for telling people about Jesus. Occasionally, if you're just talking about Jesus and, and being crazy, you, somebody might actually listen. But you're going to be more effective if you actually come in with some intentionality and understanding. And the biggest thing is following the leading of God. And there's no way to really explain that. There's no like, this is how you follow God, right? Because um, he works differently in all of our lives because we all have different opportunities and different times. Here's the deal. I want everybody looking up here. It has to do with us and our intentionality throughout every single day in every single conversation, from the silliest conversation to the serious conversation. We have to be intentional about thinking, how can I bring Jesus into this conversation? I'm guilty more often than I care to admit. I work at a church, all right? Like, I work at a church, and there are days that I'll go most of the day, and I won't have a conversation about Jesus. And you're like, what? Because it's all about intentionality. It has nothing to do with where you are or really what you're doing. Now, some of that stuff can lead you to some cool opportunities. Like right now, we're in the Christmas season that's all about Jesus, uh, right? And so you should have some pretty cool opportunities with people who are not Christians to talk about Jesus and being the Savior and that kind of thing. So there are some circumstantial um, opportunities there. But more often than not, in your everyday life, it's about intentionality. It's about being in the game, having a strategy, and being intentional which means you halfway need to know what you're talking about. Now, with that, 
there are some people that think, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody about Jesus because what if they ask, like, a question that, like, I don't know the answer to, and then, like, oh, everything's messed up. I look like an idiot and all that kind of stuff. Here's the, There's always a question you can't answer. I have a master's degree in Christian education, and there are all kinds of answers or questions that I don't have answers to, right? Because God is bigger than us. If God could be defined in a box, then he wouldn't be a God that I would care to follow, Right? A God that's bigger than me and has a purpose bigger than me, that's the God I want to follow, and that's the real God, the only one true God, right? So if, you, if somebody asks you a question you, know the, you don't know the answer to, you can say, hey, I don't know the answer to that. People appreciate honesty. You can say, now, if you want, I can try and find the answer. Like, I can go and talk to my small group leader because they know everything. And... Uh, 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 um, or uh, my minister, or I can, like, figure it out. Some things even uh, the most studied people just don't, don't know the answer to because God is, is bigger than we are and is beyond our understanding. Um, but don't let that be an excuse to not tell people about Jesus, right? Some people are like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that like, they're going to stump me and then all of it's ruined. That's not true, all right? Because here's the deal. If you're telling people about Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit's job to work in their life and to change their heart, not yours. All we are called to do is to tell people about Jesus, Tell them what he's done for you and what he wants to do for them. That's all we are called to do. We don't save them. We don't rescue them. That's all Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you got to be in the game. you got to be intentional. Which leads me to how to be good, right? At both toilet paper snowball fighting and sharing your faith, uh, you have to be intentional. Throughout the day, you've got in every conversation, again, from the silliest conversation to the most serious conversation, as much as possible, thinking, how can I talk about Jesus? How can I bring Jesus into this conversation? Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, and that's okay. And that's following the leading of God. If it's, if it's conversation and you're trying to, like, talk about Jesus or church or whatever and it just doesn't happen, then God didn't want you to, to share right then. But if it does, then he did. But it's about that intentionality. It's about your heart, right? Uh, and here's, here's, even though it was, like, really, like, chaotic... Uh, in here or whatever, but uh, to, to really like win pretty much any kind of sport that there's more than just one person, uh, you have to like work with teammates, right? You guys all know that, yeah? So we were like, uh, pretty much I win everything by myself, obviously, duh. Donnie is like the biggest, strongest guy ever, so he wins everything, obviously. Um, sorry, Don, sorry. Anyway, Donnie's really good at ping pong, by the way, so just throwing that out there. If you want to challenge him, you're welcome to do that. Anyway, shh. All right, here we are. Working with teammates. It turns out you have, the, you have gifts and abilities that I don't have. You have strengths where I have weaknesses, and I have strengths where you have weaknesses. If we work together, our strengths will work together, and we can accomplish more than we could by ourselves. That's the way God set all of it up. He intentionally creates us all different with different veins uh, of life and opportunities and different giftings so that we can work together to accomplish far more than we could do ourselves. So in the same way, at school, chances are you know at least someone in the room who goes to school with you unless you're homeschooled and your like, siblings aren't in here with you or anything. Um, and even homeschoolers, a lot of you guys like, go and participate in like, sports and stuff with other people. So like, there's no excuse to not be sharing the gospel, Okay. But chances are you know at least one other Christian who is on a team with you or is in school with you or any of that sort of deal. How can you guys work together 
to do more for your, in your school for Jesus than it, you, you could just by yourself. Now, there's no, there's no real answer to that. You've got to think about that and pray through that, and you guys talk about that sort of deal. Uh, but working, uh, working with teammates, working with each other is a part of this being intentional, a part of this strategy, right? A part of this being called to go, not just by yourself, but each other, to go and tell the world about Jesus. Now, I could sit here uh, for a while and, and draw the, these somewhat silly comparisons between throwing toilet paper at somebody's face uh, and, uh, I mean, because to be honest, that's, even though they don't count, I mean, everybody ends at the face, right? I mean, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I could sit here and, and make the you know, comparisons that are somewhat silly, um, but accurate, uh, for a while. But the, the reality is this. If you're a Christian in the room, you are called to tell people about Jesus. If you are not telling people about Jesus, then you're not in the game, and you're not living the way Jesus has called you to live. Uh, look at Luke 18, Luke 2, 18, sorry, chapter 2. We're still there in 2, but in 18, okay? We just read it. And all who heard, uh, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds, shepherds told them. Here's the deal. The shepherds didn't have like uh, this like salvation tract that like had all the words and they didn't like have this like method of like sharing the gospel, the Romans road and all this stuff. They didn't have all that stuff, right? Because it didn't exist. Um, but yet people were like astonished at what they said. People were in wonder of what they said. Why? Why were people amazed at what the shepherds had to say? Because the shepherds were talking about God. The shepherds were talking about the Savior, about Jesus. You don't have to have fancy words. You don't have to know all the answers. All you have to do is talk about what Christ has done for you and what he wants to do for others. All you have to do is talk about Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. And whenever you talk about God, some people get mad. Some people do, like, stop being your friend. Reality, okay? That's, that's on them. That's not on you, as long as it's the message that offended them and not you. Um, but the fact is, you have to be talking about Jesus. You just have to, have to be talking about Jesus. When we're willing to talk about Jesus, when and wherever he leads us to, right? So if you're looking in these conversations every day to find ways to talk about Jesus, when you do, over time, someone will come and start asking questions. Someone will be astonished. Someone will wonder what's going on here, and they're going to ask questions, and it's going to lead to further and further explanation and further and further conversation to tell people about Jesus. Let me pray, and then we're going to go uh, into small groups. Father, thank you so much for coming to rescue us. I pray that you work uh, in the hearts uh, of us, myself included, uh, in this room. Uh, Lord, for those of us who are in relationship with you, help us to be in the game and to be smart about it, to, to be willing to share our faith and to look for every opportunity we can to do that. For those in the room who don't know you yet, I ask that you continue to draw them in and, and astonish them, Lord. Help, help them to, to wonder more about you, to ask more about you, and to continue to seek hard after you and to ask questions. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Uh, if you're new with us tonight, stay, stick with a friend that you came with. If you didn't come with a friend, come see me. I'll put you somewhere. If your leader is not here...